We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is Pac-12 Today on Sirius XM Pac-12 Radio 373. Here's Jeff Schwartz and Max Brown. Welcome back to Pac-12 Today. Max Torres, publisher of DucksDigest.com, joins us now. Max, welcome to the program. How's it going, Jeff? Thanks for having me. It is going well. Um, let's talk about Bo Nix. Um, it feels like all the intel we've gotten is that it was a surprise that he played on Saturday. Uh, how close did he come to sitting out that game? Yeah, I mean, he, he said after the game, Jeff, that that was kind of the first time he'd been a part of a real game-time decision. And he was saying after the game that, uh, that it was really kind of up and down throughout the week. You know, there were times when he was saying, you know, hey, I think I can give it a go. I can tough it out. And then there were other times when he was saying to himself, you know, I, I can't even walk. Like, I don't know if I can do this. So um, I think it's just a true testament to his character. Uh, I think I've been listening to some other shows that were saying he kind of earned his wings as a duck, just gutting out that performance, um, which I think is a, a good way to put it. So heck of a game from him, given the circumstances, but pretty darn close to answer your question is what it sounds like. So he was a true game-time decision. Um, how did that impact the week of prep leading up to the Utah game? And then also, um, where do things stand at now from your gauge in terms of overall health and his availability during practice and, and the game plan offensively moving forward? Yeah, he, he said that, you know, kind of going through the week that he had to take uh, a lot of mental reps. And one of the things that I thought was really interesting about his process last week is he mentioned that Ty Thompson played a pivotal role just in, in his preparation um, because it, it sounded like he was, you know, pretty a little bit limited in practice. So he was saying that Ty was helping him just kind of saying, you know, what's our look here or what are we doing on this play? Um, so I thought that was pretty cool to kind of see him just give a nod to Ty and, and talk about how important he was in his, uh, in his preparation for that game against Utah, which, as we know, is one of the, one of the better defenses typically in the past 12. Um, and uh, I thought that was that was big for, for him to come out and have the game that he did. But as far as this week and kind of the latest on uh, Nix's availability, um, you know, Dan Lenning said on Monday that they're going to be there to continue to evaluate it. Um, and Nick talked with reporters after practice today in Eugene and was asked about his ankle, and he was saying that it's doing well, a lot better this Tuesday than it was last Tuesday. 
uh, and uh, they're just monitoring it. But the important thing was at the end of that, and he said it should be good to go. So um, after Lenny was kind of playing his cards close to the vest on Monday, uh, I think it's, it's encouraging to hear from Nick uh, saying that he should be good to go this week against the Beavs because, uh, of course, it's a big game for the Ducks. Um, offensive line was beat up for Oregon. Um, walk played that I heard was slightly a miracle. He was able to play J, you know, JPJ, uh, was, was in the then got hurt. Then Jones came in. Like, where does the offensive line kind of stand as we head into the Beavers game? Yeah. So with the offensive line, kind of a little bit of the same deal. Um, you know, Lanning kept getting asked about injuries last night, uh, during the press conference. And he said, you know, I'm not, not going to talk anymore about injuries. So we don't have any more concrete updates on the offensive line right now. But uh, I will say, you know, like you were saying, Jeff, it's good that they were able to get Ryan to uh, Ryan Watt to slide over to play center. Uh, I think that Jackson Powers Johnson could have done it as well as he needed to. We know that Marcus Harper has uh, practiced a ten at center during his time as a duck. But right now, it seems like Alex Forsythe is probably the biggest question mark. Um, I would think that Watt should be good to go after playing last week. Um, and then I, I think Jackson Powers Johnson got rolled up on once during the game, and, and fortunately for the Ducks, they were able to also see the return of Stephen Jones, who's one of the veteran guys along that offensive line for Adrian Clem and, and Matt Staff. So I think heading into this week, uh, you're looking pretty healthy along the offensive line based on what we've heard, uh, aside from Alex Forsythe. He's the biggest question mark right now, but uh, we're, we're seeing that uh, Oregon's offensive line depth is really getting tested, and uh, aside from getting pretty stifled by the run, uh, the run attack, rushing attack, not doing too well against Utah. I think they've really done a phenomenal job stepping up to the plate and uh, just kind of shifting and filling in when needed. Yeah, you mentioned that running attack, and that's obviously uh, the the bread and butter for Oregon State, and it's a defense that's improved as well for the Beavs. Is there a specific matchup, um, whether it's position group wise or player wise, that you're keeping a close eye on uh, in the Ducks match matchup against the Beavs? Um, I think for this matchup with Oregon, um, I'm going to go ahead and look at Oregon's offensive line uh, against kind of that front seven uh, with, with the Beavers because uh, I think that their defense has been something that has garnered them a lot of respect so far this year. And um, given that Oregon's rushing attack is their bread and butter, I think that this is a little bit of a prove-it game for Oregon's offensive line because they want to bounce back. And, and uh, we saw how limited they were. Uh, to go from against Utah, that is, to go from a, being a team that averages around 40, 40 or more points a game to just 20, uh, I think that was quite a shock. And a big part of it was because Bo Nix was so limited in his mobility, so I think that made it a lot easier uh, for Morgan Staley to, to kind of scheme up uh, a defensive game plan for the Ducks. So I'm going to have my eye on that offensive line. I think that they're going to need a big day. Uh, to get that ground game going again, because ultimately if you can get that ground game going, it's going to help take some pressure off Bo Nix, and I would imagine the staff wants to do that in any way possible. Um, will Dan Lanning admit that he was calling the plays on defense, or is that something he, that he will kind of just keep to himself as we head off to the rest of the season? Yeah, that's a good question, because I think that's kind of something that's circulating right now, uh, you know, among the Oregon fan base, the Oregon community. And he was kind of asked that a little bit uh, this week. You know, hey, you were kind of animated about uh, – you are animated on the sideline, you know, with your defensive play. You know, did you have more of a role? And he, he kind of sh- sh- shrugged off the question a little bit, right, and said, you know, it's more of a team effort. Uh, I'm, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but 
if he is taking a, a more control over the defense, he, he's not admitting it publicly to, to us members of the media. Um, so that's kind of the latest that we have on that front. But as far as that defense goes, it, you know, that was the best performance I think they've had all year, and they couldn't come at a better time seeing how important this game is this week. Early on in the season when I watched the Ducks, I thought it was going to be, uh, you know, Troy Franklin really emerging as that receiver one. And then in the back end of this season, it's uh, it's evolved a little bit. One week it was Chris Hudson. Last week it was Dante Thornton coming up with a couple big catches. Other weeks it's the tight ends showing up first. Um, if you're the Beavs and if you're, you know, trying to align against against this Duck offense, like how do you sort through the different receivers? Who In your mind, who is – who is the go-to guy and how do you approach that, that receiver room for the ducks as a whole? Yeah, I think that uh, Troy Franklin has definitely established himself as the, the go-to guy this year. I don't think that that's much of a secret, uh, but that room has battled some adversity, right? With the chase Coda getting banged up in that Cal game, they had to have some newer guys step up. Chris Hudson, I think has just continued to really emerge. Um, he got off to a hot start against, Utah last week and then came up with some big plays and, and then Dante Thornton has kind of answered the call so if I'm the Bees, I think that I definitely want to try to do what I can to, to limit Troy Franklin but this is kind of a you know this last stretch is where we've seen Oregon's recruiting really kind of pay off uh, from you know the, the crystal ball years let's just be honest you know a lot of Oregon fans don't care for Mario Cristobal or want to talk about him too much but he recruited and uh, has a lot of really talented guys on this roster. So that's why we're seeing guys like Dante Thornton step up and, and make some plays. And he, I really liked his performance last week, bouncing back after that fumble early on. Um, but we're also seeing the tight ends get, um, you know, their first share of involvement. So I guess that I would probably try to limit Troy Franklin and kind of the impact that the wide receivers have, um, just because they're a little bit more explosive and can maybe rip off more chunk plays. But we're seeing the tight ends get their share of involvement, their share of targets in this offense. And, and I think that uh, they should absolutely be on the table when, when you go to face the bees here, uh, you just kind of want to unload everything that you have. Cause if you want to get to that conference championship game again, nothing's off the table. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you think Oregon spreads around the wide receiver targets to keep guys from transferring? Uh, I don't think that that necessarily happens. Um, just, just be, I know that, like you know, that can be a discussion point at times, especially with where we are in the calendar year. You know, you're seeing stories break about guys entering the transfer portal across college football, 
Um, I, I don't personally think that that's happening at Oregon, um, but they have a lot of talented guys. And, uh, you know, just like we see with the Oregon running back room, you, you kind of got a lot of mouths to feed, so to speak, right? Oregon's always had loaded running back room. That's the same thing this year. Uh, and now they have a lot of really talented guys at the wide receiver spot. So, um, you know, it's kind of just uh, a challenge that comes with having a really talented roster. And uh, that's certainly something that, that Oregon has is a whole lot of talent on their roster this year at that wide receiver spot. And uh, maybe it's more of a hot topic now because, let's be honest, they weren't really passing the ball very much last year. So now that Oregon's passing attack is, is uh, explosive and can really hurt you, uh, I think that's, you know, a, a question that gets asked maybe a little bit more than it has in the past. Where this matchup with Oregon State is scheduled uh, just in the in the sequence of games is interesting. You have a, a big-time matchup against the Huskies. It's always going to be a huge rivalry matchup, and that game um, certainly was entertaining and, uh, and a close call as well. Then you have Utah you got to get it for, and then now, you know, you still have that the, the SC or um, the Pac-12 championship game kind of looming out there, and obviously you have to get it done against the Beavs. But what's the overall sentiment within – the Oregon fan base of this matchup against Oregon state, where I know there's that little brother dynamic, but it's also a, Hey, this Oregon state team is, uh, is pretty good this year. Yeah. I think within the Oregon fan base, uh, there's definitely, um, I guess, how do I say this more respect for Oregon state than there maybe has been in the past, not in terms of an admiration, of course, uh, these schools don't like each other seeing that it's the battle for the state. Um, with the two in-state schools, but it's, it's no secret. And I think that Oregon is uh, very aware of what Jonathan Smith has been able to build in Corvallis and what he is building. Uh, I think he's kind of hitting stride. And uh, let's not forget the last time these two teams played in Corvallis in that fog bowl, if you want to call it, uh, the Beavers had Oregon's number that day. So I think that even though this is Dan Lanning's first taste of his second rivalry this year, um, I think that, uh, and that they have some veterans on that team, that they're not taking this matchup against Oregon State lightly. Um, and you, we all know that Oregon State would love to spoil, uh, you know, Oregon season, seeing that the conference championship is, is still within reach, as would be a Rose Bowl, even though the playoffs are, are pretty much out of the picture for the Ducks. So I think that there's definitely a, a respect for the Bees, even though they're, uh, you know, a, a hated rival. Uh, and, and they got to they got to bring their A game because you can't take any game lightly uh, in, in college football. You know, anything can happen. Some talk today about Oregon offensive coordinator Kenny Dillingham going to Arizona State, back to his alma mater where he went to school. Um, I feel like that's a t- tad bit premature, but maybe not. What's your opinion about the story today? Yeah, I, I think that, uh, you know, kind of like I was saying earlier with the transfer portal, like, you know, those those storylines are, are starting to emerge again uh, just because of where we're at. You know, the coaching carousel is, is right around the corner. Um, but I think that every every piece of interest or, you know, chatter that Kenny Gillingham has generated uh, this season is, is well-deserved because he has turned that Oregon offense around in such a big way. As for my thoughts on, you know, him and Arizona State, I, I think that obviously the match makes a whole lot of sense. He knows how to run the offense. He's doing a really good job. I think it is a small sample size um, that uh, is worth, you know, being aware of. You know, he's having a really good season, but it is, you know, one season in his first full season, I believe, Cullen plays. 
Um, but he's shown that he has a good track record overall, I think, and he knows how to recruit. Obviously, the Ducks have Dante Moore in the fold, the five-star quarterback out of Detroit. Uh, he's a young guy with a lot of energy, is, is super tapped in with the state of Arizona, where Oregon's doing a really good job recruiting as well this cycle. So I think you see the, the pieces there, and, and it's not a surprise to see uh, Kenny Dillingham you know, linked to this job. I'm, I'm also in the boat that I think it is a little bit more premature, um, but we'll just have to see, you know, what what kind of develops there, and, and if any any more uh, schools kind of hop on board as far as maybe pursuing him. Uh, I think if nothing else, you know, Oregon's uh, well aware of the, of the buzz around that, and you know, if I'm Oregon, I'm, I'm trying to give him a raise to keep him around because he's been an absolutely huge success, even if it is just the first year in Eugene. Uh, lastly, you mentioned recruiting earlier and, and kind of what Lanning has been able to do. Uh, there's been a, a bunch of weekends with some with some visitors. There's been weekends um, with uh, with uh, with unofficials. There's guys setting uh, commitment dates. Um, kind of, is there an update on kind of where Oregon stands with a bunch of these top recruits are going after? Yeah, well, I could do a whole show just on that question, Jeff. But um, I think you know some of the. Some of the big names that we're tracking right now, we can stick in the 2023 class. Uh, one of them looks like he's going to be coming off the board to announce his college commitment on Thanksgiving. And that is defensive lineman Johnny Bowens out of Judson High School in Converse, Texas. Former Texas A&M commit has visited Oregon numerous times and actually decommitted from Texas A&M after a trip to uh, Oregon earlier this year. Tosh McCoy has been out to the state of Texas to see him in person, so I, I really like him where Oregon stands there. He's down to Oregon, Texas A&M, and Texas. Uh, I think it's going to be I think it's going to be Oregon for Johnny Bowens. But another big name that we're tracking in the Lone Star State is DJ Hicks, the number one uh, defensive lineman, rather, excuse me, in the 2023 class, uh, was in Oregon uh, for that Washington game. Uh, I spoke with him after that game, and, and even though they didn't win, I think that he still left he still left Eugene with a really good impression of the Ducks. Uh, went out to Oklahoma this past weekend for their big win over Oklahoma State in the Bedlam rivalry. That was an official visit. And uh, it's being reported that he's going to take an official visit out of Texas A&M just before the early signing period. So he's still kind of trying to decide, at least when I last spoke with him, when he's going to sign, is he going to sign early or not. Um, but uh, Texas is going to play a huge role, as is Southern California for Oregon and seeing where this 2023 class ends up. So, Kind of just to summarize it all, I think Oregon's got some really good pieces in place with this 23 class. You want to continue recruiting them, make sure they're locked in, get as many of those guys to sign as you possibly can, and then really go full steam ahead with some of these you know, higher-end 2023 guys that they're trying to flip in some cases. And we know that Southern California is going to play a big role as well in where Oregon ultimately ends up. So this is a great class, and um, you got to keep pushing. And, and fortunately for Oregon, they're starting to gain some steam in 24 as well. Well, Max, we appreciate you joining us. Always love your updates, and uh, hopefully it's a good, uh, good, good weekend for the Ducks on Saturday. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. Appreciate it, Jeff.